USA Hockey wins the World Junior Championship. Red, white, blue, and gold. All right, folks, welcome to the 2021 post-trade deadline edition of the Beyond the Boards podcast. Dylan, you ready to get into this thing, man? For sure, bud. We have a lot of action to cover. We absolutely do. And you know what? Straight up, I just want to apologize to everybody because we were dead wrong. I think we both said this was going to be a boring trade deadline. It was anything but. There were a ton of deals that got done, a ton of teams being used basically for their money. They were just sugar daddies for the other NHL teams, just making sure they have enough money uh, to make the move and whatnot. It was a fun trade deadline, but you know what? Let's get into the biggest move of all first. Um, we're going to get into the Taylor Hall trade first because, you know, what? he was the biggest fish, and he ended up going to my least favorite team probably of all time in the NHL, the Boston Bruins. So, so Dylan, what are your thoughts on that team? Dude, it was so funny. I go into, I see that trade late, late at night. Cause obviously it happened at like midnight. Yeah. And I go into oh, I work know. the next day at six in the morning and my boss is a Sabres fan. I walk in, I go, so how are you doing today, boss? And he just gives me the biggest death stare ever, dude. <laughs> it was so funny. And he was just like bitching about it all morning. Like he could not stop talking about it. He's like, I don't know what this organization's gonna do. I don't, I, I don't know what the hell this move they made. And dude, it was so funny. He's like, they're the biggest embarrassment in the league. <laughs> yeah, just, I was just, I mean, just having are. a ball, dude. It was so yeah, funny. He, he he is right about that. <laughs> um, Hall. I mean, all they got for Hall, I thought they get at least a first round pick, but all they got is Anders Bjork and a 2021 second round pick uh, with Curtis Lazar also going to Boston. Uh, I. I don't get this move for the Sabres, to be honest. I mean, obviously, the Sabres were going to trade Hall. I'm just surprised that was the best package they got. But I also don't get this move for the Bruins. I'm pretty sure you had that tweet that we sent out, right, that was about how basically the Bruins' only defenseman is McAvoy. Yeah, I know, dude. It was so funny. that Everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Taylor Hall's coming to Boston. Can you imagine him playing in the top six with Pasternak, Bergeron, and all these guys up front? And I'm like, yeah, okay, what defense do you have? I know. What you, yeah. Besides, yeah, heck of all, you have nobody. Yeah, you, you and, brought and in I, Mike Riley. Congratulations. He's what third liner. Yeah, he's a third pairing on most teams, probably. So yeah, I mean the Bruins. Okay, cool. You just gave a second round pick to get. It's like buying the flashy sports car instead of just buying the, you know, the good old beat up pickup truck that can get you from point A to point B. Um, you know, they both do the same thing. Hall, I get it. I get that the curb appeal to Hall or whatever. But I, I don't think that makes the Bruins a significantly better team. I think it makes them slightly deeper on forwards, you know, on, on offense. I mean, gives them obviously a little – their top six gets a little bit more punch. But, you know, I think the big reason why they lose is because their defense um, – you know, their defense doesn't have enough juice on the back end to get the job done. I know, dude. So. It's, it's going to be crazy. I don't know how they didn't bring in more depth defensively. And like you alluded to, 
why are you going to bring in a guy like Hall? You already have a bunch of skilled forwards that can score. Yeah, I get you'd want to add depth scoring, but how good is Taylor Hall going to be really in the playoffs where it's more physicality? Like Taylor Hall obviously doesn't like to lay the body. He's injury prone, so chances are you'll probably get yeah. hurt before the playoffs even happen. Knowing him. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't I don't get this move. Apparently Hall wanted to be a Bruin based on what I read, uh, his no movement clause kind of came into play and he kind of forced the Sabres into trading him to the Bruins because I guess that was like the only team he wanted to play for. So, I mean, it, it put the Kevin Adams Buffalo GM in a hard spot. So you got yeah. a guy and back. Nor- and normally Kevin Adams likes putting himself in a hard spot. <laughs> so he's not used to when other people do it. <laughs> but yeah, you got a guy back in Anders Bork who, Kind of never really got a chance in Boston. Can't really play him on the bottom two lines. I think he was, what, only 24 years old, I believe. Yeah, he's still pretty young. Yeah, so he might come into Buffalo, get a bigger opportunity than he was going to get with a team with a bunch of veterans like Boston. And, I mean, yeah, you only got a second-round pick, so that's kind of a – you would have thought they would have at least been able to get the Bruins first, especially for a guy like Taylor Hall who's a former MVP. But all right, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't I agree with you there. Move. I yeah, don't get I, this move from the Sabres standpoint. I mean, you kind of like I said, we're, we're limited on Hall's destinations where he wanted to go, but you would have thought they could have at least got um more of a return than what they did. I was when it was coming out, the news was getting leaked that Hall is going to Boston. Um, I my initial thoughts were they were gonna at least get Jake DeBrusque. And right. a second round pick, and maybe Bjork too, but uh, yeah, evidently I turned out to be wrong, and the Sabers got shafted. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent there. Um, cool. The all right, next my biggest trade, and honestly, I hate to say this, but this might be the move of the deadline to me in terms of of the Maple Leafs getting Nick Foligno and Stefan Nosen from the Blue Jackets for a first round pick. Um, in 2021, a fourth-round pick in 2022. And then they also brokered with the San Jose Sharks. They gave the Sharks a fourth-round pick for the Sharks' season cap. Dylan, I want your thoughts on this deal first for the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the San Jose Sharks were sugar daddies for every team. They were the sugar daddies. Oh, yeah. They were sugar daddying it up. Taking all the money um, and taking all the draft picks. And uh, but yeah, I think this was a good move for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Felino's a guy who brings in a lot of leadership. I think he's been the captain for your favorite uh, NHL team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, for like <laughs> the last uh, six years or so. He, he's been and, the pride of the city of Columbus. Yeah, and he used to have elite goal scoring capabilities, but now in recent seasons, he's kind of kind of changed his game up a little bit. He's not really the elite goal scorer he once was. He's kind of a guy. He's just a solid two-way player. He can score a goal every now and then. Um, He provides a physical element on the Leafs. Uh, I guess he'll be playing second line, third line, I'm assuming anyways. So he provides like a physical element, good checking player that you could play on the third line. And you can play him in different situations. You could play him on the penalty kill. You could, I wouldn't say power play really, but He's kind of a gritty guy that the Leafs are kind of lacking. I mean, other than guys like Wayne Simmons and um, like Jason Spessa, those those type of players. So I thought it was a good move for uh, the Maple Leafs, and I, I really like Nick Foligno. He's he's 
been one of my favorite players to watch. And he's a guy that is willing to do whatever the team needs. Yeah, bingo, man. This is this was, in my opinion, a brilliant, brilliant move. I think the best move out of any of the moves of the deadline, bringing in Nick Felino for the Leafs and Stefan knows. And listen, the whole the book on the Leafs was always listen. They're soft. They can't play that physical style. Um, and I still think there's a lot of that that exists because until they're they're stars. Like I love Matthew. He's a good two way player. Um, but really, aside from him, you know, is Tavares going to be willing to play two ways? Is Marner, is Nylander, are those guys going to be willing to play two ways? Um, and until they 100% are, you know, I still don't know if this team could win the cup. But adding a guy like Felino and, and even a guy like no, uh, Stefan Nosen, too, who, you know, not afraid to shake things up, I think this just makes them a tougher out in the playoffs because there's just a lot more sandpaper up front on the back check, on the four check. Um, and then you mix that in with some more guys they brought in. They brought in Wayne Simmons, who, you know, he could mix it up. They brought in Zach Bogosian, who knows what it takes to win a Stanley Cup and is an extremely physical player. So I like this move for Toronto a lot. I hate to say it, but I do. I'm right there with you, man. I, I Like I said, Felino's kind of transitioned into more of a two-way guy the last couple of years. And even if it's just for this season, I think I believe he's in UFA at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah so it's sound it's sounding like he's gonna go back to Columbus in the offseason, I would assume, because his family and stuff right. is staying in Ohio. So it's yeah, it's not a bad game. So it's him. almost gets, like, yeah, it's he finally gets like... a chance to go for a cup. I mean, he's a veteran, he's been in the league a while. So this might be his only opportunity that he gets to, especially with the way uh, Columbus is looking right now. So yeah. I, I I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, if you're in a relationship, you have like a little list like, hey, like, you know, you, you could fuck these celebrities if you want. Kinda. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, like, you know, like if Angelina Jolie, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what it's like. Because you're right. He might end up back in, in Toronto. But that's kind of like, it's like Columbus, having like mean? a little. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. In Columbus. <laughs> back in Columbus. Um but this is just kind of like his little – or like the Amish people, they call it Rumspringer, where they, you know, they could go do whatever they want. Hopefully they eventually end up back on the Amish field. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's that's what it's for Felino. Um, Another big move that I – I don't think anybody saw this move coming, but the Pittsburgh Penguins acquired Jeff Carter from the Kings for a second – or, excuse me, for a conditional 2022 third-round pick and a 2023 – fourth round pick so what are your thoughts on this one Dill? uh i yeah it surprised me a lot i mean jeff carter back in the day he would score goals like all the freaking time and then i saw this trade yesterday i'm like what the fuck why is pittsburgh acquiring him he's like 36 years old now i think he's got 11 goals and like eight assists so far this season don't quote me on that i'm trying to go off of memory i'm not looking at his stats right now but i was like what the fuck is this move like pittsburgh's literally a borderline team like they're i think they're in fourth spot right now or are they in third i can't remember they're 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 fringe they're fringe i think they're the third place team though right now well that's why they're giving up two more draft picks and pittsburgh's already stripped of draft picks the next couple years so i didn't really understand this move if pittsburgh's just a fringe team they're gonna probably have to play like what washington or the islanders in the first round and they're going to get shafted by either of those teams. So I just didn't understand what the move was to give up two more picks when you're already stripped of picks to get a guy that's 36 years old. And he's going to, I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I believe he is. Yes. 
So um, I didn't understand this. Yeah, I don't particularly love this, but I, I think the Penguins know that the clock is ticking. I think they know that they need to squeeze every last drop that they can out of the championship window because it's closing by the year. It's still open. If the Pens got hot and won a Stanley Cup this year, I don't think it would be the most surprising thing in the world. Now, do I see it happening? No, I don't think they even get out of the first round this year. But I think it's about just giving themselves every chance they can to win before they have to tear it down in in probably a a couple years at this point. Because it's coming. The end is near in Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, you know, with this deal, dude, they are they are stripped of their first round pick this year. Their third round pick they already traded. They have their fourth round pick gone and their sixth round pick gone. So they literally in this upcoming draft only have their second rounder, fifth rounder, and they have three sevenths. So I I really don't understand Oof. this move. Yeah, yeah. I, and then it, looking at their defense, I don't know how you're going to compete for a cup with this defense. Listen to that. You got Chris Letang. All right. Yeah. He's a God. He's also 33 years old now. So he's getting up there in age. Then you got Michael Matheson, Brian Dumoulin, Marcus Peterson, Cody CC, the legendary. Cody oh Cici, my God. John Marino and Chad Ruedel. So how are you going to win a cup with that defense? I, I, I feel just, like John Marino sounds like, like a Nebraska town's car dealership. Like <laughs> it sounds down like a guy John that would own Marino a pizza Ford. joint in New York city somewhere. Yeah. Like, Hey, come to John Marino. Hey, John Marino pizza. Yeah. Hey, yo. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, that's rough. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, you know, I'm not the biggest Tristan jar guy either. So I know he's either up or down. There's no yeah. one between of him. Exactly. So, yeah, the Penguins, uh, interesting move for them. I, 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 I get the philosophy. I think they know it's going to be bad pretty soon. Um, so they're just trying to maybe give themselves the best chance to possibly win one more. I don't particularly love it, though, um, if I'm being honest with you guys. Um, there. All right, next one, more Shark Sugar Daddy trade. And, Dylan, I'm really curious for your thoughts on this one because the Hawks, they're punting. Uh, they had a good run, but they're punting. They traded Matias Yanmark, um, a guy named Nick DeSimone, no relation, a 2020, a 2022 fifth round pick um, to the, the Golden Knights, and then they received a second rounder and a third rounder. Is that enough of a return deal? I thought it was quite a bit of a return. I was actually happy by this move by Stan Bowman. I mean, earlier in the year, Yanmark like, looked pretty good. I mean, he was playing up and down our lineup. He was playing on the first line some games. He's playing down on the third line some games. He was playing on our penalty kill. He was playing on our power play, and he was doing, like, really decent. He had um, kind of – how should I say this? He had decent production for – based on his contract because I think his contract's only, like, what, one one mil or two mil, something like that. He's a relatively cheap player. And over the last 10 games or so, his production had dropped off quite a bit. He only had one point in his last 10 games before he got traded. So back when he was producing well earlier this season, a lot of scouts were like, oh, yeah, Chicago's going to at least ask for a second rounder, which when he had that drop off in production, a lot of us Chicago fans were like, oh, well, there goes the second rounder. We're not going to get that. 
So when I heard we got a second rounder back from him and a third rounder, I was like, hell dude, I'm, I'm happy with this trade. And like I said, um, all the roles that he can play, I, I think he'll thrive in Vegas. Vegas needs kind of a guy that can come in on their third line and play decent two way. He can play wing. He can play center. Um, like I said, he played power play and penalty kill both in Chicago. So he's a very versatile player. And I think he could, uh, come into a young Vegas squad and provides veteran veteran leadership. I mean, he made the Stanley cup finals last year with uh, the Dallas stars. So I think he's going to be a player that comes in and thrives in the Vegas uh, system. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good trade for Vegas is a good trade for Chicago. Yeah. Mark's a good player. I agree with pretty much everything you just said there. Um, I really like him. I think that was a good deal. Uh, the Blackhawks, though, were not done selling. They traded Carl Soderberg to the Avalanche for Josh Dickinson and Ryder Ralston. Dylan, any thoughts on this one? I know it's not as big of a trade. The Yamark one was obviously the big one. Um, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I didn't really know how to feel about this one at the time. I mean, Soderberg's like 36 now or something. Um, I mean, Avalanche are obviously familiar with him from his time previously with the Avalanche. Um, he served on our penalty kill, um, played predominantly third line center for us, scored a couple goals every now and then. And it's a good value pickup for the Avalanche just to add some more depth before the playoffs start. As for what we got in the deal, Josh Dickinson, career AHLer pretty much. He hasn't really did anything else. So basically the only thing we got in this deal is Ryder Rolston, who I believe is the son of former NHL player, Brian Rolston. Don't oh, gotcha. Nice. I, nice. I believe. Um, so yeah, just kind of a prospect. I haven't really did too much research into it. So I didn't really have any thoughts. This trade was kind of a meh trade for me, like whatever. Yeah. We going to lose Soderbergh. Like he was going to be a free right. agent, whatever. So it's your yeah, way of getting get a, something for him. Yeah. Just get something for him before he leaves town. And uh, actually the trade, I think the most that as a Blackhawks fan, I was most happy with was picking up Adam Gaudet from Vancouver for our only Matthew Highmore. I mean, yeah, that's Highmore, true. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Gaudet is like a season removed from scoring. Like I think he had like 31 points last year and 50 games played or something like that. So he looked really good last year and he hasn't really had a, real opportunity in Vancouver with all those high-end guys on their top six, like Besser and uh, Pedersen and those type of guys. And then for us, we only gave up Matthew Highmore, who had kind of fell out of the lineup this year for us. He was kind of a guy that come in on our fourth line every now and then. And then this year we have so many youngsters in our lineup. He was Highmore was just getting scratched like every game or he was down on the taxi squad. He was down to the minors, I think, at one point this year as well. So to give up a guy like that for Adam Gaudet, who had decent production last year, and he was a highly skilled guy in college. I, th I believe he won the Hobie Baker, I think, um, oh, did he during really? his days at North Northeastern when he played in the NCAA. So, and he's still relatively young. He's only 24 years old. So maybe if he can, he can come in with a change in scenery and uh, playing with guys like Patrick Kane and a lot of these veterans, especially some of these youngsters that got uh, high end talent as well, like Kirby doc and them guys. Um, I think he could come in and be a really good player for us. So I really like that addition. I just, I know we weren't really going to cover kind of like lower end trades, but <laughs> I had to throw that in there yeah hey we we're hawks talking time. the hawks so yeah out of boy you may <laughs> as well throw that one in there let's talk about a couple teams that 
I don't want to say they gave up on some pretty highly touted young guys. Let's 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 hit this Florida Panthers Calgary Flames trade of Sam Bennett um, heading down south to the land of sunshine from Calgary. Um, Sam Bennett going to the Panthers along with a sixth round pick in 2022 for uh, and the Flames got in return a 2022 second round pick and Emil Hyman from Florida. So Sam Bennett getting a change of scenery never really lived up to the you know, to the hype, uh, if you will, that, that he got. Um, but, you know, Dylan, do you think this is a good deal for the Panthers? Um, I think it is, honestly, because the type of play style that Sam Bennett plays, he's a big physical, like he likes to lay the body 24-7. And we've seen in the playoffs how important that is. I think, for especially for the Panthers, they don't really have that type of guy in like their top six that just is physical. Yeah, they got Radko Gudis on the back end, so obviously he's gonna light the body. But like in their forward group, they don't really have a guy that's like a good checking forward. Um, Which is why they're gonna be a cakewalk of an out this year in the playoffs. <laughs> if I'm just keeping it real, like so yeah, I really like this move for the Florida Panthers. Um, we've seen in the past Sam Bennett Sam Bennett kind of elevates his game in the playoffs. And like I said, that, that is true. Play, he does the playoffs bring a element of physicality to um, the games that you don't normally see in the regular season. And I feel like uh, Sam Bennett will come in and uh, play pretty good for the Florida Panthers. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. It, it's, I, I don't hate it for them, but I'm not the big, I'm like, okay, it's whatever. You're still going to lose in the first round probably this year. Anyway, the yeah, I don't see him going far. The cap, the, I, I, I kind of like this yeah. move. I thought it was kind of an interesting move and for them to give up a second, I guess it's next year's second. So yeah. 2022. Yep. So yeah, I, I, I kind of like this move for the Panthers. They're not giving up much for him and uh, he could come in and play pretty good for him. So. All right. Absolutely. Well, let's go on the flip side here talk about a team giving up much so the washington capitals did acquire anthony mantha uh but verbal meme verbal meme what did it cost to acquire anthony mantha thanos standing there with like capitals jersey on everything (laughs) um because the capitals gave up jacob rana richard panic a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 second round pick to the capitals to get mantha um, not gonna lie, Dylan, I lost all feeling in my legs when I read this trade, and then I started bursting out in laughter at how stupid this trade was for Washington. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was funny. I was getting ready to go to work yesterday, right before, well, right as the trades were coming in, right past the three o'clock deadline, I saw a notification on my phone that uh, uh, Red Wings had traded Anthony Mantha to the Capitals, but I didn't see what the Capitals got or what the Red Wings got in return for him. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday and I heard the return that the Capitals gave the Red Wings. I was like, holy shit, I didn't read that. <laughs> I just started laughing when I heard how much they gave up, dude. That was crazy. Uh, oh, God. my goodness. Especially for a guy like Mantha who's been like hurt the past two seasons. Like, and he just is not he's like, a good player, like, especially yeah. like, what was it, like, last year or something he had a really good season he had a good year last year when he was playing with larkin on that line um but he's just been injured like every now and then like the past couple like i think this season in particular he hasn't been like i think he's been in and out of the lineup being hurt and covid and just 
I thought they gave up way too much, especially being a Blackhawks fan. We had Richard Connick. I know what he's capable of. He had that one good season with the Hawks, and he fell off a cliff since then. So. Yeah, P- Ponick's kind of a journeyman. So I, if you're the Capitals, you don't really mind giving up Ponick, but yeah. I think losing Verona, Verona's a good player. He's young, too. Yeah, and he um, was doing really good at the start of this season when everybody went down was, with right. COVID. He was scoring goals like crazy. Yeah, and, and he's, he's got an, that I believe he's an RFA and... at the end of this deal, too, so – it gives yeah he's Detroit. young and he and he's talented so so he could re-sign with Detroit and that could be a nice piece for the Red Wings in the future dude he's, it, it absolutely could be along with the first and... round pick and yeah he he's a good player you know but we've seen the Capitals you know they're willing to move on from some of these young wingers uh you know we saw them doing with Burkowski uh, you know, now Verona. So, you know, maybe it's just kind of the organization. And, you know, obviously another big one, a uh, young winger they got rid of, uh, Phil Forsberg, ever heard of him? In <laughs> <laughs> probably the worst trade I think I've ever seen uh, in, in my time watching hockey. But, yeah, uh, I, don't, I, just, I don't know what goes through your head when you make this trade if you are Washington. I, I really don't get it. But yeah, I don't. Understand Steve Eiserman's kind of a wizard. He's always been a trade wizard. Holy shit, I mean, dude! I didn't, I didn't realize how many picks the Red Wings have now. Holy shit! I'm looking. Oh at, yeah, I'm looking they, at. They their, got a ton. You want to read them off? Friendly, yeah, you want to read got, them off? They got two first rounders this year. Now their own and Washington's. They have three second rounders. There's Edmonton's and New York Rangers. They got two third rounders. They got their own and Vegas's. They got two fourth rounders, their own and Tampa's. And then they got two fifth rounders, their own and the Sens and their sixth rounder still. That's fucking crazy, dude. They got, let me tally that up. That's seven, nine, 11 picks in the first five rounds this year for Detroit. Yeah, that's, that's fucking that's nuts, insane. dude. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Like, Iserman is the type of guy. Where he'll miss on the first round pick, but then he'll hit like the second, third, fourth, fifth, all those picks. That's just kind of how Eiserman is. It's it's pretty funny. Guy's really good deep in the draft, but top of the draft, the guy's not really the best um drafter. Um but like the wings, I mean that that's that's kind of a trade that I see. Like you traded one guy who was never gonna really be great in Mantha into um a good role player in Richard Pana into a guy who I really still like and still has a bright future in Jacob Verona and is a restricted free agent. And then you're getting two high picks that could hopefully within the next three years for you become good NHL players. I think that is how you rebuild a franchise. That is the blueprint to how do you rebuild a franchise if you need to rebuild a franchise. So good props to Detroit did live there for like a year and a half once a little longer than that. Not to brag. Um, I'm happy for you guys. Um, A couple other minor deals that happened. Um, the Canucks sent Jordy Ben to Vancouver for a six. Um, nothing too crazy there. Jordy Ben's kind of a plug. Uh, the Capitals sent Michael Roffel, uh, to the Flyers for, or, or, I'm sorry, the Capitals got Michael Roffel from the Flyers for a fifth. Hayden Flurry got dealt to the Ducks, uh, for Yanni Hakapana. Did I say that right? I definitely did not say that right. Hockenpah, <laughs> Yanni Hockenpah, and a 2022-6. Um, and then Eric Branson went to uh, Nashville 
I remember when Erica Branson was like the big piece of the trade deadline a few years ago. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. My, my <laughs> have, things have changed. Yeah. So uh, speaking yeah, of I mean, changing, how about Eric Gustafson going to Montreal? Right. For right. a seventh rounder. What an act. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, <laughs> he had like and then, 60 points that year with the Hawks, and now he's getting traded for a conditional seventh. Like, Which a conditional seventh is really like if he, you know, has a pulse at some point, we might give you a seventh round pick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just and then the last, out. yeah, and then the last trade of note, Dmitry Kulikov going to the Oilers for a conditional fourth round pick. So the good deadline. I thought it would be boring. Some there's always one move you don't see coming. I think that Mantha one. That really knocked me for a loop there. Um, but, yeah, overall, it was a solid deadline. Um, Dylan, who's your biggest winner? Uh, biggest winner, I would say probably Detroit, based on the haul they got back, dude. That's a lot to get back for a guy that's, like I said, has been injured the past couple seasons. I mean, he's had flashes where he's been really good, but that's a lot of – building blocks to rebuilding your franchise. Like you said, it's a perfect recipe to rebuild that franchise. Yeah, I agree. That, that I like the Anthony Islanders Hedrick. moves too. Picking up Paul yeah. Mary and Zajac. I like that. Yep. I like that trade a lot. Yep. I agree. I think um, teams that need to get forward depth, like the Islanders and then teams that need to get tougher, like the Leafs, the Leafs are my big winner. Getting Felino and Olsen, I mean, I'm telling you, that is the type of move that if the if the Leafs do do it this year, uh, now I think there's a much better chance that they do. Um, again, I still don't think they do, but now I think there's a better chance that they do. Um, but if they are to do it this year, you know, those are you're going to point to those moves. You're going to feel Nick Foligno's presence on the ice, um, mm-hmm. and he's a tough player. He makes them a tougher out. So props to the Leafs for identifying their problems. Every move they've made since the offseason has been around getting tougher, getting um, grittier. And you saw it work for Tampa last year. You know, same type deal. Always a high-skilled team, but not a lot of sandpaper. The, and, and I think you could see it work for Toronto this year, especially because of the fact that the league pretty much rigged it so that way they could get to at least the conference final with how they did the divisions this year. <laughs> I think it's no, that kidding, kind of flew yeah. under the radar too that made a lot of good moves that I like whereas Montreal surprisingly yeah I mean, they, they brought in Eric Stahl from Buffalo he's a solid guy I mean he's older but he can come in and play third line um <laughs> Eric Gustafson's deal is whatever but um, yeah I like the other moves they made too uh let me get to him here I was just looking at it here and I Forgot who else they picked up. Yeah, um, yeah. Montreal always makes a couple of good moves, so I. Oh, think. John Merrill, bring in John Merrill. That's yeah, you're right from Detroit. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, yep, not yep. a lot of. He's a couple of years removed from playing pretty good in uh, New Jersey, so I thought that was a sneaky good pickup for them, and just to add another depth defenseman on their back end too. Yep, I agree with you there. Uh, biggest loser. Uh, biggest loser. Uh, let me look here. I probably, well, I mean, I can't, can't really call Washington a loser. I mean, obviously the biggest loser is Buffalo because, like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> that trade was just yeah. laughing. Laugh is always the biggest like, loser. Uh, yeah, Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say Washington, too, but Mantha's a good player when he's healthy. Hey, listen, and... I will say Mantha did have a goal and assist tonight in his debut. Did he? So I guess they so... did They did win the trade. I'm sorry. Yeah, I take well... back everything I said. They won the trade. <laughs> uh, that, I think I'd probably say Pittsburgh is kind of a loser, too. I mean, yeah, you got Jeff Carter, but you're out another two picks, and you have, like, nothing yeah. for the future. And you're so... probably going to be eliminated in the first round, yeah. Yeah, um, so I, didn't really I, I can like say that. I, I've got a big loser here, Carolina. You guys Carolina's missed out. Loser, they missed out. They missed out. They didn't. They're a team that's on the brink, right? And yeah. they did not add anything noteworthy to that team. They're on the uh, brink. They're on the fringe. They're like a fringe. I, you can make an argument for them being like a top three or four team in the league. Yeah. I think they could have got a lot more back from Anaheim too. So just hate yeah, for Flurry. For, for they could have. I think but they the didn't have... add. They didn't find a way to add that X factor, I feel like, that's going to put them over the top. I think yeah. they're going to really struggle to get past Tampa. Um, and I, or, or if they end up, you know, with how, cause you know, they're, they're not doing it with by conference this year, right. They're doing it based on seeding for the conference finals. Um, so if they end up drawing like Colorado, right. Or like somebody like that, they're going to struggle against those teams. Cause I just don't think they have an X factor on that team. Yes. Ajo is great. Yes. We know Sveshnikov is great. But are they McKinnon in anywhere near the stratosphere of McKinnon? They're not. And I don't think they have enough reinforcement pieces to even elevate those guys to even help them get to that point, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I was really surprised that they didn't add, like, a fourth-line guy um, just to play down there with, like, Cedric Pat- Or even just – yeah, but, or just even, like, just another guy to help that – Or like, or adapt the fence name. Yeah, like, right. Just – in a goalie, honestly. I mean, yeah. Marasic and those guys have been playing good this year, but if, like, one of those goes down, we've seen them that's, um, in the past where they can just lose it and not play that good at all. So, just – I, I Yeah, know. I just don't know. Like, I think the, that, the, the Hurricanes, with how they're set up, they – you can make the argument, like, they do have, like, a top three or four roster – and, and uh, uh, you know, as a whole, but I, I just think that they don't have any, like Ajo's a great player, but I don't think he's like one of the best stars in the league. If that makes any sense. Like he's a good star, but he's not like one of the best stars in the league. I, I just don't think they have what it takes as in his current stand. They might even get out of the Atlantic, but I don't think they're getting even to the cup final this year. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And I think they could have made a move to get closer and they're going to be a team, you know, not to quote Julian Breezebot too much because he's my favorite general manager in all sports uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning there. But he always says at the deadline, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And, and I think the Hurricanes are going to be a team they're damned if they don't this year. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't bring in like a veteran guy because I'm looking at their lineup right now. They don't really have veteran guys that have went that far in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, you got Jordan Stahl, who's been there forever. And you had Pat Paquette that won it last year with Tampa. But other than that, they don't really have 
Jake Gardner's won nothing, obviously, from his times of the Leaf. Leafs. Oh yeah. Shea, who, yeah, he played for the Rangers, but the Rangers never really made it that far since he has been in the league. And Jesper Fast, another guy who played for the Rangers, but other than that, dude, they don't have anybody that's had like significant playoff runs. No, they really haven't. So Tivo, yeah. when he comes back, I mean, he won won a cup with the Hawks, but other than that, you just nothing. Yeah, I, I I'm with you, man. Um, I I don't know. I'm just a little underwhelmed by what they. I feel like they could have made a move that really set them over the top, and they just didn't. So, you know, it is what it is for them. Stinks for them, but um, that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes at the deadline. But obviously, you know. Just because you win the deadline, trophies are not really lifted in, you know, normally we'd say at the end of February. In this case, the beginning of April. Trophies are not lifted now, right? They're lifted, you know, in, you know, the spring and summertime. So we'll have to just see what happens down the line. It's going to be a really good sprint to the finish line here. I cannot wait for the playoffs to get started. I know, dude. It's going to be – it's kind of sad that my Hawks aren't going to be in there, but – and nonetheless, it'll be entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. Man, when they did those that first week of games last year um, during the summer, and it was just hockey on for like all day, every day for just a week straight. They had that yeah, it first, was amazing. Yo, my, I was in heaven. And <laughs> um, I, I, every year, Stanley Cup playoffs is fun. Um, each year on the first night, my little tradition is I get a little pizza, not a little pizza, a full-size pizza. I eat the entire pizza and watch uh, hockey till like 1 a.m. and then going to work the next day sad. And I'll be doing that this year, and I can't wait. Yeah, dude, be it'll be Dylan. great this year, too, with fans starting to get back in the buildings oh, as well. Yeah. Just add to that playoff atmosphere that kind of lacked baby. last Fill year. I know, dude. I, I hope so. <laughs> I got the vaccine, bro. I'm good. Put me in. Put me in, coach. I'll go to a full stadium. I don't care. But yeah, no. Uh, I, I hope. I hope they end up. I hope that ends up being the case, and many fans as possible can get in, and um, you know we could see some good old fashioned normal playoff hockey this year, man. It's going to be an absolute blast. And obviously, guys, we'll get you covered. Make sure you're following us along there, social media. Dylan, you want to plug those socials? Uh, yeah, I can. Once again, um, our Instagram is at the Beyond the Boards podcast. Twitter is at Beyond underscore Boards. TikTok, Beyond the Boards podcast. And you can like us on Facebook as well, um, facebook.com slash the Beyond the Boards podcast. And you guys can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, everything. I got a link tree in all of our social medias. So if you guys just click that link, you can find us pretty much on all of our outlets that we are on. Yes. And also follow our parent company, 366 sports. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I, you know, I, I'm a big hockey guy, but I also moonlight in another life as an NFL draft guy. So we are big NFL draft people, big NFL coverage as well. Um, I basically, everyone's like, Dan, you're such a big sports fan. No, I basically spend you know, most of my time just watching football and hockey and a little bit of baseball mixed in there too. Um, and a little bit of soccer and some college basketball and stuff mixed in there too. But I mean, mainly it's football and hockey for me. So I love them both, but go like us at three sixty six sports on Twitter, facebook.com slash three sixty six sports as well. We do appreciate you guys listening and um, being a part of our 
uh, family here, our hockey family. And uh, we're going to keep bringing you guys the best hockey coverage we can, baby.